Hello, and welcome to Couch Taters. I'm in love with Cassie. <laughs> I love Lauren. I'm Jackson, and that's Capri. And uh, today, we are going to be talking about a couple things. We're going to be talking about the final episodes of The Bachelor. Oh, I'm so excited. We're going to be talking about um, a show that we're both very passionate about and have talked on here about before, but we want to really give it the attention it deserves, Single Parents. This actually is a thinly veiled, this episode is actually a thinly veiled plea to ABC to renew. Save single parents. Please save single parents. And then at the end, we're going to talk briefly about um, a show that I've really liked for a long time and Capri has been starting to get into. You're the worst. Okay. Starting to get into. I'm like almost done with the sex season. I guess I like watch it now. Can we just say, let's give them a little personal update. Yeah, let's let's do that. We've had a bit of a week. It's been an adventure. It's been like, you know, maybe there were some highs and there were definitely some lows. So we went to Disney World. It was Jackson's first time in Disney World. Mm. Went for a couple days with Olivia, who um, still has still not made our graphics. Hasn't made our graphics. So thank um it was a lovely time really jackson got some cool ears with his name embroidered on the back courtesy of my dad and then we returned home i don't even know how to i don't i don't even want to relive this my apartment had flooded really really badly i think i've been thinking about this flooding probably isn't the right word it's not the right word yeah it's not the right word there there was a leak it rained it rained there was a leak three floors above me and no one i guess was home and they don't know when it started we were gone for three days but my two out of the three rooms in my house were no i guess three out of four rooms bathroom was destroyed kitchen was destroyed and half of the living room room was was destroyed destroyed. but your bedroom was fine my bedroom has been fine which has been a great thing because that's where most of my clothes are and like that's where i sleep but there were puddles of water everywhere they had ripped out my ceilings without telling me so i came home and i didn't have ceilings and it was it was a nightmare we're not doing great but we loved disney but we love disney and we love the podcast so here we are in a remote location yes yes a new recording location we're trying to make the effort to put out an episode um hopefully every week going forward and honestly you know why because we've been getting your emails yes and they've been so nice to read and they remind us why we do this so if you like the show please email us at couchtaterspod at gmail.com We've gotten a lot of love, but we haven't really gotten a lot of questions. Do you have any questions or, or suggestions? Or people's opinions on shows whether yeah. that, that might be the same or different than ours. And that's something we're very interested in. Yeah, we love the emails that are like, we love the podcast. So like, keep those coming, but also send all of the other shit that's in your head. All of it. All of it. All of it. We dare you. <laughs> and again, that's couchtaterspod at gmail.com. You can also Venmo us. <laughs> Please, if you would like to secure a donation, um, tax deductible. No, I literally have no right to say that. <laughs> Send us an email at couchtaterspod at gmail.com. Also, does anyone know what this song, like maybe you know, but it's been stuck in my head, like the tune of it. And I don't, I don't know what it is. It's like, do, 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 do. She'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. Oh my God, I'm such an idiot.
do 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 but is that how it goes? Do 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 Put in the words. You're so right. Oh my god. Now I'm just imagining that spinning around in your head all day. For it's been almost seventy two hours. Isn't that isn't there that episode of Friends where there it goes into each of their heads and Joey is singing that song and then Phoebe goes Who's singing? Yeah. Is he singing that song? Uh, I don't know, but it might be. That's what I imagine you. Now this is what's playing in my head oh, about All you. All right, let's get started. Let's get started. So so why don't we tell our listeners who may not have watched the finale or any of the season, just a, just a quick a quick brief summary of what happened in this finale. Of The Bachelor? Of The Bachelor. Okay, or well, I guess The Bachelor. Bachelor. The Bachelor. Well, what I'm, I want to say is, like, we had a pretty normal and regular season up through the last couple of episodes. Yeah, so this season follows Colton Underwood, the virgin, virgin. bachelor, which no one literally gives a fuck about except ABC, who never lets us forget that he is they a never virgin let us forget. bachelor. He's a virgin, and maybe he'll lose his virginity. Maybe. Maybe he'll lose his virginity. Finds the right Oh, maybe woman. maybe tomorrow he'll f- lose his virginity. Also a lot of shots of him showering throughout Un- the whole season. Just an ungodly amount. amount. I, at least we know he's clean. Yes, he is sparkling. A very clean boy. Sparkling. Very good, clean boy. He might always look like he has a wet head, but he's clean. Also important to note that I believe it was confirmed that this is the most amount of women in a season who have left on their own accord. That's true. And, they, that's, a, and that's a great segue mm-hmm. into the finale. Mm-hmm. So Colton is down to two women. Three women. Colton is down to three women. He doesn't give a shit about two of them. <laughs> It's glaringly obvious. If you from from the intro, um, what I when I said, you know, hello, this is welcome to Couch Taters. I'm in love with Cassie. That's a reference to the fact that Colton has said, "I'm in love with Cassie." I didn't keep track. I really should have, but it was I don't know. It was every word out of his dozens, mouth. dozens. <laughs> Something would happen and they would just cut to his confessional and he'd be like, "I'm in love with Cassie." I love Cassie. She is my person. I love Cassie. And then she dumped him. Yes, she said she felt like she couldn't be there because she didn't think that she could commit to an engagement, which is sensible because she is 23 years old and has known him for six weeks. Yeah. And he lost his mind and jumped over the fence. You know, five women, five women dumping him was one too many. Into the rural Portuguese night. And he he jumped this fence. And if you've been on social media, you've probably seen the gif of him leaping over this fence just it and it was fla- like the flawless form it was something that they they teased all season and i guess the first point the first thing i want to talk about is just did fence gate live up to the hype i'm honestly gonna say yeah i'm gonna say yeah too i really thought that it was not gonna live up to the hype after they just kept teasing it for so long and then things it, it was intense it was intense and i i think that the the fence jump itself maybe wasn't the most intense but it was like oh he's lost like he doesn't know where he is he doesn't have a cell phone he's like just gone in the middle of the night in random algarve Algarve, which i feel like they were probably pronouncing wrong it just sounds like they have marbles in their mouths yeah like algarve but they were he was in algarve Algarve. he's running away and they don't know where he is and they that you hear someone say like if we don't find him within like x amount of minutes like we have to call the police that seems like an overreaction i mean i don't know i mean in the united states if you're you have to be gone for 48 hours before the police right but they're in a foreign country and they're liable they're a tv network right that's on them not on the police is what i'm saying 
okay, I don't know. I think it's the safe thing to do. Sure. He And he really he really lost them because he jumped over this eight-foot fence and they had camera equipment and it was like an automatic fence that you couldn't open without like putting in a code so they couldn't right. get out. And he got like a and pretty decent like head so start. he's so athletic and he just did it without even thinking. Um, Arguably, this led to the best moment of the season. Our beloved host, Chris Harrison, is looking around so confused and he goes, he jumped the f***ing fence. He just jumped the fence. It was iconic. Chris Harrison never swears. Never. But Chris Harrison does have a boner for misery. Oh, he loves it. You know, it was a legitimately four-part finale because oh there God. was they asked so much of us. Because there was the part, there was the episode where he jumps. It ends with him jumping the fence. Then the next episode is the women tell all, where they bring all of the former women back. Then they go back and they watch him break up with everyone. He breaks up with everyone. Spoiler. He's not still haunting the Portuguese countryside. (laughs) And then in the last episode, it was like, and now he's got Cassie back. Let's see how this works out. And then there's after the final rose. That yeah, so that was the one, two, three, four, and it was just like it was a lot. It was a lot. And throughout the entire thing, Chris Harrison is just like poking the scab. Chris Harrison is like the Grim Reaper. He comes into the room and he's like, so tell me about those moments when you realized that Colton was about to break your heart. The first thing he does when he finds Colton oh is God. he asks Colton, like, what happened? And Colton's like, as you said, she doesn't want to be with me. I'm really sad. And Colton, sir. And he's like, I think she just it's just really confusing with the show. And Chris Harrison's like, whoa, 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 hold on. Definitely not the show. Have you ever thought about the idea that maybe you're just unlovable? (laughs) He's like, maybe, dude, she just isn't into you. And he's like, no, that's not it. Yes, Colton refuses to believe that she could not have feelings for him. Even though it's pretty obvious she doesn't. But now they're dating. But this is historic. So like this Bachelor season is historic because it did not end in a proposal. It did not end in an engagement. I think there's lots that have not. No. I think maybe there was one a while ago. I'm not a Bachelor historian. And I have to say, as someone who I uh, I consider myself to be sensible. Shocking. I think that Cassie really just like made the decision that a normal human being would make under these circumstances. Well- I mean, I think now is a good time to to just acknowledge the fact that Cassie has been on two seasons of another reality show and is two clearly seasons? Yeah, there are two seasons of it. She's in both? Oh yeah. Oh and my she's goodness. Clearly just she just clearly wants to be famous. But also that's all Colton I think really wants either. So Yeah. And then they make they make him well, they don't make him, but he decides to go and break up with the other two women and just just knock on the door and be like, Hey, so I'm going to break up with you. But he he just wouldn't rip off the Band-Aid. He would not. No, no, no. He just couldn't do the you're the weakest link goodbye thing. He was just like, hey, so, uh, oh, God, this is so hard for me. Yes, yes. Uh, I think the thing that made me so mad about it was that he would go in there and he would just cry. And they would have to comfort him. Yes. It's so manipulative and such a classic thing. Like my freshman year boyfriend from college did that to me and I fell for it because I was a child. Also, what made me so upset was like the girls see him like he knocks on their door and they're so happy. Like they're so happy. They're like, oh, my gosh, you came to surprise me. And he's like, well, do I have some news for you? (laughs) I thought that this this finale really was the essence of the bachelor it was it was both its greatest selling point and its greatest like selling point for its detractors it was so obviously a terrible machine for finding love 
but it was such an obviously amazing machine for creating drama out of nothing, in my opinion. I mean, that's why I like it. Yeah, but I mean, I just thought that this was, like, the epitome of that. Like, and they they did an entire episode where there was just one woman. I have to say, though, when so when he goes and tells Cassie that he has broken up with the other women, he doesn't care if they don't get engaged. He just wants to spend time with her. He just wants to get to know her. He just wants to pursue this relationship. And then he's like, my family is waiting in Mallorca, Spain. Do you want to come and meet them? His family had to have known something was up because they don't fly the bachelor's family out to a random country for them to meet. So two remaining women, because the family thought they were going to meet two the two remaining women. I think they thought they were going to meet all three. No, 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 no. Because Colton says when they get to Mallorca, he's like, I know you thought that you were going to be meeting like two women, but you're actually going to be meeting one. Like, is that a thing? I know that I know that they you always meet the bachelor or bachelor, bachelorette's family when there are two left. But usually I feel like you go to their home. So he was Am gonna, I making that up. Am I think I he just, was going to cut one after the overnight. And then he was going to do pick between the two. Right, 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 right. No, I'm just saying, like, do they usually fly them out? Like, do they usually fly them out? I think they were this time. Okay. I don't know if they always do, but okay. they seem to be very international this year. Yeah. We also were introduced to our new bachelorette. Oh, man. Roll Tide. That's going to be that's going to be the thing. That's going to be drink every time someone says Roll Tide. Oh, I tide. saw a bingo board that was just all Roll Tide. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Hannah B. is the Bachelorette. She's from Alabama. That's most of her personality. She's also very awkward. I think I think in real life she would be very fun fun because she's so awkward. But I'm not sure it's a match for TV. What, how do you feel? Well, I have a lot of questions. I always want to know who the short, like what the short list is, like who they're deciding between. Okay. And I can usually get a pretty good idea of it in my head. But here I felt like it was supposed to be Taisha, but all that stuff came out. Taisha was one of the women that was eliminated uh, when he was doing the Cassie sweep. Yeah. Um, And I do feel like it was supposed to be Taisha, but then all that stuff came out about her having that serious boyfriend that she like broke up with like the day before she came right to the mansion but i don't know and then also like kaylin the new bachelorette hannah b's nemesis they have a lot of dirty history together as pageant contestants right um and hannah b overall got the bad edit in that situation yeah she was definitely made out to be the she villain was made out to be the or, villain or just like Not the unstable the villain, yeah like the like they gave they made her look like the crazy girl you know to be honest i'm not sure that she is more stable because kaylin seems very composed and manipulative and hannah b just seems like did i not say from the beginning that kaylin is evil you did you did from the beginning and i don't think she's like evil evil i'm sure she's like a fine girl but in this situation i felt like she was the fake one yeah i mean i've i've compared hannah b to a an alien who has seen the bachelor and is trying to approximate what the women on the bachelor should behave like true so she's she's got the smile on all the time she's giggling and then whenever they ask her to do anything on her own or to like like to come up with a toast or when they give her bad news or they give her bad news anything there's any kind of speed bump she just kind of like short circuits and you can see her like just try to smile it away and and it doesn't work what and now they're gonna be asking her to do a lot of that stuff 
you could tell that Chris Harrison was like panicking and that when they because they gave her they gave her 20 minutes at the end of the finale and she met some of her guys and she just like she was like where do i stand uh what do i do uh i don't know uh she may have gotten out two complete sentences between the five guys and when she finally picked someone she forgot to ask them if they would accept the rose i don't want to sound like i'm nitpicking no 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 and and like i i guess i'm excited to see why they picked her just because the producers and casting for The Bachelor have like an overall vision and like they know like they know you know when like when they picked Colton I threw a fit and so did literally everybody else in Bachelor Nation. It turned out all right. And it turned out all right and I truly believe that the producers had a vision for it and they they kind of like had thought it out beforehand. And I wonder if it had to do with virginity. And they're able to see so many steps ahead um, because they get literally like days and days worth of footage and know these people they actually know these people when we're served like the narrative that they decide i wish there was a way to see like the sausage getting made because as an editor i'm just like fascinated by how they come up with these storylines and then try to piece it together after the fact yeah but the one thing and like I, i'm fine with him to be like whatever fine choice i'm not upset um I I do. There's one girl from two seasons ago that I deeply, deeply wish was the Bachelorette. Christina, who was adopted from Russia when she was nine. Oh, do you remember her. her? I do remember I her. I love her and I want them to keep her in the franchise so badly. She was really screwed over by Dean Unglert, who I think is a skid mark on the underpants of Bachelor Nation. Um, The lowest of the low. But and, and I heard she was on the short list and like I really I love her. All the best for Christina. But happy with Hannah B. However, Hannah B is my age. And I just am here baffled that The Bachelorette is my age. And I guess that I should just get over it because I am getting to that point where like people are, they're like settling down. Settling down. Settling. I think it's sick and wrong. There are people settling out there. But happy for her. All I know is that they're going to need both the team behind uh, Miss Congeniality and the Princess Diaries in order to get her over the finish line. I believe. We can hope. Roll Tide. Uh, I think this is a good time to transition to another show that had Chris Harrison on it last night, which is Single Parents. Single Parents actually did a crossover episode with The Bachelor, and they had Chris Harrison on as a guest Breaking star. news. Chris Harrison cannot act. Oh, he was awful. We've mentioned Single Parents on, on the pod before, and I think that we've never really given it the attention that we give it in our lives, in our viewing habits, and it doesn't really reflect how much we really like the show. So I wanted to take, like, I wanted to set time aside, especially because we're afraid, we're so afraid that we're this, so afraid, that this show's going to be canceled. It's so good. It's so happy. And just try to convince as many of you as possible to watch this show. Let's start with the origin story of how we started watching the show. I saw a commercial for it, and I was like, Leighton Meester? Good. Brad Garrett? Good. Taryn Killam? Good. And I was like, we gotta watch this. And Jackson was like, this looks stupid. And you know what? I don't think I was the only person who felt oh, that way. Oh, absolutely not. Because in preparation for this, I was watching some clips on YouTube, and on like three of the clips, the number one comment was, I thought this show was gonna suck, and it's really funny. Yes. And I watched the first couple episodes, and Jackson was like, nah, this is so bad. And I don't know, when was the turning point for you when you were like, wait, this is actually good? Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever said it was so bad. You did. You said this show was awful. 
You've said it multiple times. All right. Listen, you said single parents was bad. I didn't understand why you liked Carly Rae Jepsen so much. We've both gotten there. She's the she's the queen. Everyone go watch the cat music video. Um, I, I was definitely low on the show. I don't remember my exact wordage, but if you say that that's what I said, we can agree that you that you say that. Um. But, you know, I think I had never seen Leighton Meester actually headline a sitcom, and Taron Killam kind of seemed like he was not going to be up for the task either. He's my least favorite. They both have been really good, though. Yes, they have. The whole cast has been really I good. I love them all. Yeah. If I just had to choose someone to kill off that wasn't a kid. And you know what? I remember when we first started talking about the show and I said the kids weren't good. The kids are good. The kids are good. And I am, They're really and I am good. sorry, child actors. Tell you what, they blow Theo from a million little things <laughs> right out of the water. Hey, mom. Hey, mom. Dad, you're being so you're silly. Being so silly. Come and put me to bed. Look what I can do. <laughs> Sounds like Stuart from Mad TV for those of you, you who get that reference. I just think that it's like a really great classic sitcom that everything is wrapped up at the end of every episode. It's not very serialized at all, although there are a lot of running gags, I realized. Like, we keep coming back to Big Red, which is um a redhead that Brad Garrett's character is obsessed with. Um, We keep coming back to the game show scenarios that one of the kids has made up that is a game show that tests your ability to react to very specific scenarios in a relationship. Um, it's like a compatibility test. Yeah, and and it's it's funny and apparently very, very effective. But putting those aside, I just think that it's nice that everything is going to be wrapped up at the end of every episode. It's very comforting, and it feels like just a really nice escape. It is. And I I think that our generation has been kind of heavily relying on older sitcoms for that escape. Yes. Um, And this one, I think we should let into our hearts, you know, and maybe it can. Yeah. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yes. It's definitely a show that you feel nice hanging out with. And it takes place now. Yeah. And there are like good references. There's good references. And there are smartphones. And there are like. Talk, they talk about observations about today's culture. Characters are super diverse. I think that that's one of the biggest strengths of the show, too, is when you step back and you think about how are these people friends, it doesn't really make any sense. But who cares? But it also does make sense because they're all united by the fact that they are single parents. Exactly. And they are forced to be together and they choose to enjoy each other's company. So let's briefly go over the adult characters. Yes, let's do okay? that. So mainly, the like I guess the main two who are like, would you say? That Taryn Killam. I would say that they're they're much more on equal footing than some other shows, but yeah, they're the main two. Okay, so Leighton Meester, who plays Angie, who has a son. She's a single parent. I mean, they're all single parents. I don't know what happened to her her uh her son's dad i think that they were just like young and i think that yes yes like they they never got married or anything yep um and then there's taron killam who has a daughter he plays will he plays will um and he his wife is a lawyer who works all over the world and she's like a, a human rights lawyer and eventually like you meet her and she's played by vanessa bear who does a great job but she sucks and she basically has chosen work over her family and, and they get divorced. divorced um and then we have brad garrett douglas douglas oh my god who plays douglas he is big my douglas favorite. energy Big Douglas energy. Um, and he has these two maniacal twin girls. His wife was. Or he married a young model. She had two kids and then like died. Died. Like yeah. young. And now he's, he's like but a 65 year old man stuck with jokes these. jokes about how like they met at like a strip club. 
up. Yeah. Like she was like a stripper or something. Um, And then we have Poppy, who has a son, Rory. And she's separated from, or she's divorced from her ex-husband, but he's still in the picture sometimes. Yes. And then we have Miggy, who is a very young father. 21-year-old single father who is- Of an infant. Of an infant who is taking care of the baby while his ex uh, goes back to college. Right. And I guess like the premise of the show is that we're looking at single parenting from all these different angles. But what I think really works for the show is like how these people from crazy different backgrounds all become friends because they have this one thing in common. Like there's there there are great bonding moments between all of the different characters in all different kinds of settings. Like um, Douglas and Will become friends on the golf course. They're like having like an awful day and but they'd bond over the fact that they both have they're both fathers of daughters. And Miggy and Douglas become friends because they both like things and they're talking about shoes. But like, well, no, I actually was writing that down too beforehand. And I was like, each of them, each character has a separate bond with another character because of something that was established like on the show and like they show it to you. And I think that it makes it so much more believable. Like Poppy is Miggy's landlord. And, like, helps him get a job and, like, helps him, like, not be so overwhelmed by the fact that he's a 21-year-old, like, crazy ex-partying, like, DJ bro who now has to, like, swaddle a baby and, like, take care of a baby, you know? And I also think something important to note is that, like, each of them, they're all single parents, but their relationship with the the parent, the other parent of the child is different. So you're getting a different experience. Like, Douglas's wife is dead. Um, Will's ex-wife pops up occasionally and causes a lot of trouble poppy has to learn to co-parent with ron and his wife who's like still or like fiance who's like in the picture you know miggy's on his own miggy's on angie's on his own but in a totally different way yeah and i think i think they do such a good job of also giving them all such distinct personalities besides that they're all into really weird things they give them all such great like quirks and I think that also extends to the kids. The kids are also yes. all pretty, like, fleshed out. I feel like I know all of them. Like, I would like to think that the show is 60% about the parents and 40% about the kids. Yes. You know? But they, they are not just, like, throwaway, like, dumb kids who are just, like, in the show to, like, be kids. You know? Like, they all have distinct personalities, distinct likes and dislikes. They get along differently with each other. Um... And I really appreciate that as a former child. I think I think it's already so much better. I think it's already better than so many other sitcoms on TV right now. And I just really want it to have the time to cultivate. I feel like if it got a second season, it would be so good. Like, yeah. it would gain such a, you know. I think so many comedies, like, have a difficult first season because so much of a sitcom is just, like, hanging out with these all these characters together. And, like, the writers start to find their voice with them. And I remember Mike Schur saying something about, in an interview, where he was like, you should just throw out the first season of any yeah. sitcom. Because we don't know what we're doing yet. We're trying to find everybody, whatever. And this show is already good in its first season. And you can see like the bones of like a really, really good show. Um, So I I really hope you guys check it out because people watching is the only way it's going to get saved. And I laugh out loud every episode. I laugh out loud. Like I cackle. And we laugh at different things. Yes. Which is which is interesting because like we were watching the episode the other night. And just took off his socks and now I have to look at his feet. 
like the other night we were watching and you were laughing at all of the bachelor references, which I also thought were funny, but the kids went to a, a creepy girl's, uh, <laughs> sleepover and she was just like standing in the window, like a, like a horror villain. Um, and I just, I just think that there's, there's a lot of different kinds of humor. Yeah. So I have a list of things that I really liked and I will give you the range. One of them is twins write farts on Graham's forehead and Sharpie. <laughs> Um, and then another one is, uh, when Angie and Douglas are trying to, are in a competition to sleep train Miggy's baby. Yes. So like different levels of humor. There's the, the episode where, um, Douglas is afraid of the shed that he's given his twins oh, yes. in the backyard and they, they're like evil geniuses and they. But I also wrote about that episode because isn't that the episode where one of the twins you find out is like a math genius? Yes. And the other one is like. I suck like I'm not good at anything like I'm never gonna be good at anything like I'm not gonna be good like my sister and like Douglas goes into the shed and he finds that like the twin who's not the math genius like draws and is like so talented at drawing and like building right yeah she's Um, she's she's really creative and artistic and they both have I mean, that's why they're so good together, because they have these crazy things. And it's it is a really genuinely heartwarming show. But it also has it also has a lot of laughs. I've been told that it's a lot like New Girl, which is the creator's previous show. Although I can't really speak to that because I haven't watched it. Me neither. I have a weird aversion to New Girl. If you have any thoughts on that, please send us an email at couchtaterspod at gmail.com. Excellent. One more thing I wanted to talk about before we move on is... Um, there are two will they or won't they relationships. Oh my god! On this show, there's Poppy and Douglas, and there's Will and Angie. And um, which I wanted to know which one you think is more likely to come to fruition, and which you prefer. Okay. I think I already know the answer to this, but just so everyone else knows. Yes. So, first of all, we've been given way more crumbs for Poppy and Douglas. Absolutely. Way more crumbs, but since. Will and Angie are like, I don't even want to say they're the main characters, but like they're kind of just like a half a step above the others in like billing, I'd say. And there have been like a couple of like vague moments where like we see that they deeply care for one another and like maybe one of them gets jealous. But like, I literally don't care. Like, stop trying to make me want this to happen. I I honestly don't care either way. Like, maybe it would be really nice. I am head over heels invested in Poppy and Douglas. I'm mostly not that interested in either one of them, to be honest. I think I'm way less invested in Angie and Will. Yeah. I think that I really want them to do the thing they did with Jack and Liz in the first season of 30 Rock, where they, like, play on the fact that they're the two leads, and you think that they're going to be romantically involved, and then Jack's like, I date models, ha 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 ha. And they don't don't get together, because, like, let's be honest, Leighton Meester and Taron Killam, not in the same league. No. And, like, sure, they're bonding over their children, but everyone's bonding over their children, and, like, I honestly think that they're just better as friends, whereas Poppy and Douglas, oh my god, they make each other better. The only way Taron Killam would have been on Gossip Girl is if he was helping hack the SAT scores for Lori Lawton's Lofton. Lori Laughlin. Wow, I just butchered my own joke. I was going to say the only way Taron Killam would have been on Gossip Girl would be if he was like a drug dealer that like died in a freak accident. No, he would have been a nerd who got bullied for sure. Mm. Um, I think that the T is that he just would never have been on Gossip Girl. That's, and he wasn't. That's the real T. He's too old. 
he looks too old, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, um... He and Late Meester are probably the same age, but... Sidebar, I've been a fan of Taryn Killam ever since Big Fat Liar. Capri continues her streak of Big Fat Liar references. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, guys, you have to remember that this was him. When he played Amanda Bynes, like, he, like, stood in for Amanda Bynes when she, like, was staying at her grandma's house, and he helped her lift weights, and the grandma was lifting two balls of yarn on either end of a stick. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very true. Um, okay. Before we get into, you know, what are we watching? What are we doing? Stuff. I want to talk briefly about You're the Worst. Oh, yeah. Um, You're the Worst is a show that I've been watching for a really long time. It's actually the second video I ever made was on You're the Worst. And uh, I've been trying to get Capri to watch it for a really long time. And now she's finally watched the almost the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So what do you think? I like it. <laughs> I don't know. It it's good and I, it's nice to like have on while I make dinner and like while I eat dinner and I've been alone in a lot of hotel rooms the past like month right. or so. With all the and travel. It's been nice to like have that to watch. I also I'm very I'm very afraid of planes. Um and I downloaded a few episodes and was able to like watch them while I was flying and it really did help me like focus on something else cuz it's easy to follow and I had never seen it before. Yeah. Um I I've definitely liked it more as time has gone on. Um I don't know. I'm not 100% sold on it yet, but I, I don't want to stop watching it. Yeah. I th- I think one of the like misconceptions or when people get into it is that it's a it's definitely sold as like a comedy. Yeah. Like a pure comedy, and I think that it is not super funny. I think there are moments that are very funny. Yeah, so so I think I I wouldn't say that it's funny. Like I I get that it sometimes it's like supposed to be, but I more like it because it's like light ish yeah you know and like but they talk about like depression and anxiety and being sad and like just feeling hopeless and like the world is just like shitting on you all the time but it's like in a light way yeah so i relate you know yeah things things never get like like they're never in danger of like losing their house or not making money or or whatever but i like how the the darkness of the world is just outside the frame like um like Edgar's whole PTSD thing. Yeah, but sometimes it like upsets me that they like just blow over that so much. Oh yeah, no, you're, that's supposed to upset no, you I a know. little bit. It just like makes me really sad. But like, like the when they go to the haunted house, like that was so funny. That's one of the best episodes. Like it was so funny, or one of the funniest episodes. Yeah. Um, I I've always liked you're the worst because of how serious it can get. Because just because of how like yeah, it's loud nothing we can do about it we have we're because we're in this remote location we're starting to get a little um a little a little sound from the radiator and we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna power through if you'll stay we're gonna, with us hopefully we're gonna edit it out but um if you can hear it i'm truly sorry <laughs> um but i've always really liked how you're the worst can really they don't just get dark to be dark it always feels real to me and it always feels true to the characters yes and i always feel like they're very realized and i i like that they've always tried to um chase this idea of like a more realistic relationship yeah like it's not realistic at all but like the because these people are debaucherous and freaking ridiculous but i don't know the the feeling of being like afraid to get into a relationship i feel like they very much capture and like the anxiety and being scared of commitment and stuff like that i think they really capture super well 
And I do think there are a lot of really memorable moments. Like, we both broke out in the Sunday Fun Day song over the mm-hmm. weekend. There's also his, uh, when Jimmy doesn't know what Hakuna Matata means. Oh, yes. Hakuna, Hakuna Matata. Matata. That was good. Could you say it means no worries? What, what did he For say? the rest of your days? It's like, well, that would be a very boiled down version of it. <laughs> um, but I guess one thing that I, I get it. Because I'm so L.A. But something that I feel like could be an obstacle for some people is that, like, it's a very, like, I feel like you need to understand, like, L.A. culture and, like, what it's like to live in L.A. And for sure be in L.A. a lot to, like, get the references and, like, the whole mood of it. It is very, I think that you definitely get a stronger appreciation for it. Yeah. If you know all those things. Yeah. And it's not like Friends where, like, Friends takes place in New York and, like, you need to understand what it's like. No, like, it's not realistic. But I think you're the worst is like vaguely realistic when it comes to like, yeah, like having knowledge of what it's like there and like what living there is like, not like I've ever lived there, but I spend a lot of time there and I feel like I get it. I can give you restaurant recommendations in LA. Like, that's where I am, you know, in multiple neighborhoods. Yeah. yeah. And I know my way around a few neighborhoods. I'm like pretty LA. Please just so cool. edit that out. So cool. Um, But yes, um, I think that it enhances the experience when you like get... Who's your favorite character? Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know how I feel about Aya Cash. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, Jackson's obsessed with her. I can see his boner just like growing. Um, I just think I, Gretchen's one of my favorite characters on TV. Okay. Um. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I, I like her. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm like, is this woman a bad actress? But usually I'll come back around and I'll be like, no, she's not a bad actress. Like the writing is just weak a lot of the time. <laughs> Fair. I think the dialogue writing is not yes, the best. That's it. The dialogue is not my favorite. This- but my favorite is the situations that they put them in are super unique yes and i i am always entertained by that i am always pleasantly surprised and i'm like wow who woke up in the middle of the night and was like let's have them do this like yeah. i really like that i'm making a video right now where i'm talking about the differences in the kinds of writing because i think sometimes we just think about writing as the dialogue and like the witty quips but there's also the situations and just like the general arcs that people are going through and i think those things are all really strong in you're the worst all right what have you been watching this week last couple weeks honestly like not that much because things have been nutty like i don't know i've been watching a lot oh we watched that bachelor show the on the ringer yep mm-hmm. it was on hulu uh what was it called uh let me steal you for a second or can i steal you for a second yeah. or something I've been watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians a lot because, again, I want to remind you guys that I am undertaking watching every episode, trying to watch every episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians from the beginning. She's a masochist. I know. But I guess we were... When was the last time we recorded? Um, I don't know. A couple of weeks. The last time we recorded was Valentine's Day or the day after Valentine's Day. Oh, shit. You're right. Okay, so yeah, I guess I've mostly been watching You're the Worst. Um, I've been binging that pretty hard. And we've been watching Catastrophe. But we have one episode left and we won't watch it because we don't want it to be over no, for good. Y- yeah. And we can put it off because it's not quite on Amazon yet, but that's going to be It's over. on Amazon. It's on, on the 15th. Oh, so. So it's, was that today? It's tomorrow. It's, it's the day after recording this. So we will have to watch it soon. <sighs> Oi. Um, we saw Greta in theaters. 
it was a movie. It was certainly a film. And we also saw uh, the star, uh, Stars Born extended version. I've been watching a lot of Julia Roberts films. And I'll, I'll pass it off to Jackson now because I really am interested. I feel like... Which Julia Roberts movies have you been oh watching? Oh my goodness. I don't even want to get when into it. When we were on it. the plane back from Disney World, Capri watched uh, Runaway Bride. Well, I watched Runaway Bride when we were going to Disney World. And then also on the way back? Yes, because... <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was only because uh, I didn't finish it, and I really wanted to finish it, so I finished it. <laughs> and I also watched um, Pretty Woman on the, the other flight I was on. I gotta tell you guys, Capri saw Pretty Woman and immediately oh called God. me and said, this Julia Roberts. That's not, I didn't say this Julia Roberts. I was like, man, Julia Roberts is a great actress. Hot take from Capri. Pretty Woman's a good movie. <laughs> I mean, it's a... It's not a good movie. (laughs) It's a classic. It's a great film. Anyway, Jackson, what have you been watching? Well, on the same flight that Capri watched Runaway Bride the second time, I watched Inside Out. Let me tell you guys, it's a good Pixar film. I really enjoyed it. Um, When did that come out? 2015? I didn't say it was up to date. I just said that that's what I watched. I watched uh, Netflix's The Umbrella Academy, which is that superhero show that was based on a graphic novel written by My Chemical Romance's Gerard Way. Who Jackson came to very late. This is always- it's about two years ago, and Jackson was like, My Chemical Romance? Good band. <laughs> Capri to Julia Roberts, me to My Chemical Romance. <laughs> It was good. It wasn't great. It was the beginning is not good. The second half is good. So it averages out to okay. I tried to watch True Detective and again I failed because it's really boring. I'm sorry, True Detective fans out there. Email us if you're upset. And again, that address is couchtaterspod at gmail.com. I just don't get it. It's like so slow at moving. And I know Mahershala Ali is like really good, but it's just like So can I tell you a secret? Yeah. I do not know what True Detective is about. Here's what I think it's about. Oh, I like this. True Detective is about a man. Good start. Who only works in the nighttime and he lives in (laughs) England and he wears a trench coat. (laughs) And the crimes that he detects mostly occur in libraries. Right. That is what True Detective is. I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to do a couple of corrections. See if you want to if you want to add to this or not. So each season has taken place in a different place, follows different detective different crimes. That's the first thing. Second, they've all been American. They've taken place in Louisiana. This one was also the South and the middle one was LA. So it's NCIS. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's NCIS. But it's a lot more serious and dark. Than NCIS? Oh, yes. I can't even watch that show. There are no jokes in True Detective at all. There's no humor. True Detective is like your first boss who looked at you and said, I don't like humor. If you're listening, I'm really sorry, but you did say that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what? It's, I, some people really like True Detective. A lot of people really like it. I'm definitely in the minority. Um, I watched the whole first season. I thought it was fine. I watched the whole second season. It was not good. And I watched the first half of this one and I was like, I'm good. I've seen enough True Detective. Um, if you disagree, shoot us an email and I will, I'll debate you on the pod. And again, that email address is couchtaterspod at gmail.com.
And I also watched uh, I Am the Night, which we talked oh, about briefly, yeah. which is Chris Pine, which is Chris Pine's show. Piss Crying. Oh God! Um, directed by Patty Jenkins and starring that girl from uh, Secret Life of the American Teenager, whose name I'm blanking on. Oh, um, she was great in that show. It was good. It was a really crazy story, and I'm I'm curious to see how much of it is based in reality and how much of it is just like historical fiction. Um, because it's all about the the Black Dahlia. Um, and all the people are real. Like the woman that she plays is one of the executive producers of the show. Wow! So she was like involved it's unclear how How involved how how involved she was or how you know how much of it is just like her account and how much of it is like we went crazy with like the details and stuff like that because it does get pretty crazy with the details what is it it's i've seen all the commercials and i've been like oh that looks good i should watch it so i don't really understand so i i specifically tried not to dive into the history just so i wouldn't know and it follows chris pine plays a reporter Mm -hmm. um who fought in korea he tried to report on uh the black dahlia crimes which he he tried to pin on this doctor named george hodell this is that happened uh he tried to report that and george hodell was like too powerful and just like shut him out of everything Mm -hmm. and now he's like trying to get back into it because he found out that fauna hodell is his granddaughter and she just found out that he's his grandfather her grandfather and she's trying to make contact with him and like find her family find her mother and he's like trying to intercept her to try and take him down at the same time okay it gets that's that's the starting point i think it gets very crazy there's only six episodes it's a pretty pretty easy watch i think chris pine's really good in it yeah um and i mean i think he's a good actor i think chris pine good actor (laughs) it wraps itself up i think it's i think it's good six episodes it wraps up and it kind of knows exactly what it is yeah which i like Mm -hmm. it's not trying to be something crazy it's a limited series it's never coming back it's it's good um that's about it anything you're excited for because i have something that i'm excited for i'm really excited to watch the second season of fleabag which started airing a couple weeks ago but i haven't had a chance to really dive in plus i'm kind of waiting for them all to pile up so i can watch it which is phoebe Wall- phoebe waller bridge's first show that she ever had um and the first season of which i absolutely loved what about you what are you excited for i'm excited for i don't even remember her name you have to get me so i can up so that i make sure i get it bold type well i am okay i'll start by saying i am super excited for the bold type to come back i'm excited for sabrina to come back killing eve comes back in april no um right near my birthday but what i am really excited about is hulu is doing uh something called the act it's about gypsy rose blanchard and her mom um which is one of the craziest stories the you'll craziest, ever hear in your life craziest thing if, i'm sure that you guys are familiar but like just like a brief overview is that this actually happened this mom suffered from munchausen by proxy so basically to control her daughter her entire young life she told her that she was sick had her believe that she was paraplegic that she was that she had leukemia that she had all of these she only only fed her through a tube only fed her through a tube would like medicate her like give her all these drugs like had doctors fooled had neighbors fooled like this girl literally thought she couldn't walk and like as she got older she never knew her real age as she got older she realized like something's amiss here like i'm i can walk like what's going on anyway long story short she meets some meets some guy on an online dating site uh and they kill the mom yeah and and the story is really interesting because it gets told backwards right the first thing that happens is that the mom dies and she's missing 
that and Gypsy is missing, and then we slow like they slowly started to piece together that who this person was. Was she really sick? No, she wasn't really sick. Yeah. Oh my god, it was the mother who was doing this to her. She was, and it's it's very it's it's a fascinating like psychological study. Yes, and I I'm super excited to watch it. Um, and I'm not usually into things like that, but that story, I like I I remember reading that story and being like, oh my god, I'm obsessed with this. And I'm also excited for the Theranos documentary. Yeah, coming out. I'm Is interested. It Theranos, Theranos. I don't know. Either way, it's fake. Um, <laughs> that'll be on HBO. Uh, where can they find you, Capri? Please follow me on Instagram at Capri Like the Pants. I'm really plateauing. You can find you can find all of her stories where she documents all of her water damage in oh her my apartment. Gosh, yeah, it's crazy. Where can they find you? Um, you can find me on YouTube at Ideas at Play. I'm thinking of rebranding. If you have any ideas for what a good name for a channel could be, I'm looking for something that has. You know, that's more obviously about TV because I'm talking about TV and I'm hoping to try and brand it that way. So if you have any ideas, shoot us an email. Again, that email is couchtainerspun at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Bye.